On today's episode, Kyle Davidson was officially introduced as the new Blackhawks general manager on Tuesday. I'll be going over a full recap of Davidson's introductory presser, which included the term rebuild once again, and also provided a quick update on the futures of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Then, to wrap things up, I'll also go over a recent report that stated Blackhawks goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury could be leaning towards staying in Chicago for the remainder of the regular season. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure first to go and follow the podcast. It'll only take A quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. And you can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not, watching the video version of this episode, then be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode of Lockdown Blackhawks from here on out is going to have a video version to it as well. So if you're not subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube yet, please go over there and do so. It'll help me out tremendously, folks. I really, really appreciate it. Um, And if you get the push notifications, click on the push notifications, you'll be updated when each and every video gets released on YouTube. So please go and help me out. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks if you haven't done so yet and aren't watching the video version of each episode. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And first things first this morning, folks, Let's get into the press conference that was held by the Chicago Blackhawks yesterday to introduce their new general manager and now the youngest general manager across the NHL at just 33 years old, Kyle Davidson. Uh, And for the first time in quite a while, I will say it was rather nice uh, to have a presser that wasn't filled with a ton of controversy. It seems like uh, seemed like every time a presser has been held so far this season, something has just gone. Uh, disastrously wrong for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I was definitely glad to see them uh, avoid anything on that front yesterday. And for Davidson, I think it was just, um, it was kind of nice to hear him, you know, talk a little bit, um, get his name and and who he is out there to the media, and also kind of outline uh, what he exactly plans to do now that he's under complete control as general manager. He did say, really, not all that much is going to change. Um, There were a couple things that maybe he felt he couldn't do with respect to the whole process, understanding that he may not have been the one to get the job long-term. So he kind of wanted to hold off on making 
too many, uh, you know, permanent moves or, or too many permanent changes when it really wasn't his job. But now uh, that he's received the permanent general manager position, he's kind of in complete control to do whatever he would like. So nothing really changes all that much, except he kind of feels more in control a little bit than he already did. Um, and I think it was also just important, as I touched on, to kind of for him to kind of let the fan base know a little bit more about who he is, right? Because I know there are a lot of fans out there that aren't really all that familiar with Kyle Davidson. He's really only had that uh, before yesterday. He really had only had that one press conference where he introduced Derek King as the interim head coach. Other than that, um, not a whole lot of public appearances uh, for Kyle. So I thought it was important for him to kind of uh, let everyone know, you know, who is kind of going to be leading the Chicago Blackhawks going forward. And as he said, um, I think it was important to just let everyone know who he is, right? How he was brought up, which was to do the right thing and to be a good person and everything outside of that, it's going to figure itself out. Um, and I think that's an important message to give to the fan base right now because uh, they're, they're just, for good reason, there isn't a whole lot of trust from the fans that this organization, you know, wants to change and wants to create a better culture from top to bottom, especially with what Rocky Wirtz said um, not that long ago. It was really uh, another backbreaker there for the Blackhawks fans, and I get it. Why would they trust anything that anyone says at this point when the actions are going to speak far louder than their words will? I get that, um, but I think what Davidson's message yesterday we kind of understand that we have a good person at the helm. And that's very important for this team right now. Let's face it. I mean, Kyle is well aware of the situation that he finds himself in. Um, but I, I, he kind of made, a, made sure to key in on that fact. He wanted to let everyone know that this time it's going to be different. And because he's the one in control and he knows what kind of person he is. So I thought that was an important message uh, to give the fan base. And I thought something else that, was important that Davidson honed in on um, was how key communication is to instill these changes. And even when uh, Danny Wirtz was asked a couple of questions in particular about um, what kind of made Kyle stand out from the rest of the candidates, uh, one thing that Danny brought up on several different occasions was the communication skills of Kyle Davidson, right? Because he's worked at every level of this organization. He knows how important each department is to the overall goal that they're trying to accomplish. He knows what needs to be better, what you need to look at for specific things. He gets that. So he under, he understands how important it is to have as much input as possible and how crucial it is to be letting everyone know that there's a standard that they're going to be held to, regardless if you're an intern, an unpaid intern at the bottom, or if you're sitting in on the general manager meetings that he's going to be a part of, everyone needs to be held to the same standard for these things to actually be accomplished. And another thing that Danny talked about too, and you can kind of, this kind of goes hand in hand with the communication skills is that Davidson is just a natural leader. Right. And I thought it was kind of funny how Danny mentioned, uh, regardless of what the topic may be, every time he has a meeting with Kyle Davidson, he feels better afterwards because that's how much confidence he has in Kyle that whatever they're trying to do, Kyle is going to do his best to accomplish that because he's been involved with the organization in so many different ways. He knows 
what people want, what their opinions on different things, what the fan base wants. He's very involved both on and off the ice and with the community. And he, he's just a natural born leader. So I thought that was very important um, for both uh, Davidson to kind of speak about that and how he's going to be going about things at the helm and also to hear, you know, Danny and also uh, Jamie Faulkner and her brief statement that she shared yesterday. Um, And hearing all that and also hearing from Kyle himself, I will say it did make me feel a little bit more confident that he's going to be able to fix this mess uh, that Stan Bowman has created for the Blackhawks organization. And the one thing that stood out to me about that is how Davidson said how patient this team is going to be throughout these next couple of years. Obviously, he acknowledged that he wants to win as soon as possible, and don't we all? Um, but he knows that he's well aware of the situation that the Blackhawks are in. Obviously, uh, they're a long way from where they want to be. Uh, but no matter if it takes three years, five years, or however long to reach the level they want to get at, it's important that they maximize that window and they're able to stay there for as long as possible. We're not trying to build a two to three year window here. We're trying to build, you know, uh, as big as a window as we had from 2009 to 2017. We want to be competing for a long time. And in order to do that, um, you can't be rushing this whole process along, right? I know everyone wants that to happen as, as soon as possible. And Blackhawks fans are getting antsy out there. Um, but it's incredibly important for this team to do it right. If we don't do it right, the window's not going to be open for as long as possible. So regardless of how long it takes, changes need to be made. That's going to take time. And I know it's tough to ask Blackhawks fans to be patient right now, but that's, again, we all want this Blackhawks team to be winning as fast as they can, but they have to be able to not get short-sighted, right? And I thought it was kind of funny. how they mentioned Wurtz and Davidson both mentioned yesterday how they don't want to get short-sighted on a couple of different occasions. And I think that may have been a a little dig at Stan Bowman, Um, but they know they have to get this right. However long it takes, you know, I I was just glad to hear the organization finally aware of the situation that they're in. They know it could take a couple of years, but they're going to take that time to do it right. You got to rebuild the prospect pool. You got to hit on some draft picks. You got to kind of change the mindset of the draft process what the Blackhawks have been in through the last handful of years they really haven't hit too many home runs and when they did they've traded those players away immediately it seems like um so I I thought it was kind of both accurate on what they need to do finally being self-aware of the situation also kind of funny how they, they didn't exactly they'd never mentioned Bowman's name actually but I thought they did kind of take a little dig at him by saying they're going to be more patient and not um, think about the short term instead. Um, and by the way, Davidson was also asked um, how he, he's different from Bowman, even though he kind of uh, came up during his time here as general manager. Uh, and I, I think it was an important distinction that Davidson made. He didn't really give any concrete answers, um, but he he said how he's going to have a, a different mindset with how to run the team, how to draft the free agent moves that they're going to have. Um, Just the overall mindset. It's a lot different than what Bowman 
brought to the table. I think as time goes on, people are going to see more of that, right? Um, and I hope all the fans out there, honestly, are going to give uh, give Davidson a fresh slate. You really shouldn't hold anything that happened under Bowman uh, against Davidson because that would just be completely unfair. Kyle seems like a much different person. He's been open and honest with the fan base so far, something that Stan really never did in his time as general manager. Um, and every time I hear Kyle Davidson talk, I become more aware of the fact that he's a different person. Also, I just become more and more impressed uh, with how mature he already is and how he handles himself at such a young age. Uh, I kind of feel like, kind of like Derek King in the Blackhawks locker room, I think Davidson is going to be a breath of fresh air for the Chicago Blackhawks. And I'm really excited for him uh, to get to work here in the next couple of weeks because we got a busy and crucial period approaching for the Chicago Blackhawks. And Davidson's uh, first couple of moves as permanent general manager are going to be very influential on the future of this franchise. All right, there are some quick thoughts on Kyle Davidson's introductory presser as a whole yesterday. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into Davidson stating that the Blackhawks will be heading back into rebuild mode, plus an update on Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane's futures. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Either way you choose, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, dry, waxy, or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15, one word in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two now on the show here today. I also had to be sure to get into Kyle Davidson during his introductory presser yesterday, stating that he sees this as more of a rebuild for the Chicago Blackhawks moving forward. Yes, the rebuild is officially back on in Chicago, folks. After Stan Bowman basically canceled that method just one year into the process, uh, which we all know now was a, a complete disaster and absolutely the wrong idea and actually has only made things worse for this team in the future. Um, here we are once again, Blackhawks fans, in good old rebuild mode. Aye, aye, aye. But honestly, this is the right call from Davidson and the front office. Like, let's be honest. This is, uh, as tough as it may be, this is exactly what the Blackhawks need moving forward. Because obviously, the way the team's built right now, it's just simply not good enough to be a contender in this league. There's no way around it. And without a first-round pick, 
in the upcoming draft at the moment. Plus, not very many high-level prospects in the pipelines other than Lucas Reichel. Um, Because of that, Davidson really doesn't have any choice but to put this thing back into rebuild mode. There just really isn't any way to build this thing back from the ground up with what they have at the moment. It's impossible. So even though this means that the Chicago Blackhawks likely are not going to be competitive for the next two to three years, this was really only the, the this was really the only move that Kyle Davidson had. And I, I don't think it should catch anyone by surprise because um if anyone but Stan Bowman was in charge of the team heading into this year, this would have been year two of the rebuild for the Blackhawks already. But because he chose to go down a different path, the organization is now moving backwards a couple of years with no other options, really, as I just said. Um, but I think the one important part of Davidson's presser when he talked about this rebuild is when he said, quote, what the fans can get excited about is that this is going to be new. There is going to be a lot of change coming. And obviously, both on and off the ice, uh, a lot of change is needed for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. But I thought that was an important message to let the fans know that this is going to be different. Davidson is not Stan Bowman. He's not the man who's ran the show for the previous 12 years. He doesn't have his ideas. Sure, he came up at the same time as Bowman was general manager here, but he doesn't have any ties to previous players. He's not going to get short-sighted. This is his team now and his future too. Before, it really wasn't his future, but now that he's in charge, he's letting everyone know change is coming. and. You know, for better or worse during the next couple of years, this is going to be a new team, a whole new team. And that's what it's going to take for us to want to get where we, for us to get where we want to be. That's what it's going to take. It's, I know change is a scary thought, um, but you can't tell me right now, based on this roster, that we have a lot of the right pieces in place. I thought we might have heading into the season, but it's clear with the results that we've gotten, there aren't a whole lot of the correct correct pieces in place. There's maybe four or five players that I would consider keeping on for the future if you really do want to rebuild this team. Um, and because of that, to get where we want to be, there has to be a whole lot of change. That's the only way to go about it. Um, because, as I said, even though there is a lot of younger guys on the roster and maybe they haven't reached their full potential yet, um, the way it's built right now, it's just simply not good enough. And it's going to take a bunch of changes in order to get this right. I really do believe that. And I I, I was happy to hear that David, Davidson recognizes that fact. and that it's going to take years to build this. I think what's really plagued the Blackhawks since 2015 is they tried to solve their problems in one year. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to rebuild on the fly. They got away with it from not rebuilding, but retooling, if you will, with all the trades that they made from 2010 to 2016. But that's really what wound up biting them in the butt was they had no patience in order to make those changes. And I think 
by Davidson admitting that this is a rebuild and it's going to take three years probably at the very least, we're going to give some young players their tryouts and their rightful opportunities, be a little bit more patient with those prospects like Stan Bowman was, then Stan Bowman was. And then you can see what pieces we have. When you get caught being short-sighted, you don't really get the full perspective, right? You see 20 or 30 games of someone and you trade them right away because we got to win now. Because of that, Davidson, he's aware of this problem, but we can let things kind of play out and then address the problems after, right? We have plenty of time to do so. There's no rush here. So you can make those changes and you can let them play out and be patient with it. I think that's the best way to go about it. And change is scary, as I said, but I think it's it's just important that step number one, you gotta you gotta be aware that you have a problem, right? And Davidson knows there's a major problem here, and it's not going to be able to be fixed in a year or two. You have to let the process go. Trust the process, if you will, for uh, all the basketball fans out there. Davidson's not going to try and stop the bleeding. He's going to open it up and redo the entire process. And that's honestly what needs to be done here in Chicago. So even though the rebuild is back on, I don't think that should discourage fans any more than they already have been because Davidson knows the only way to fix this whole thing is by making severe changes. And I think we should all be intrigued to see what those severe changes are. Another interesting part of Davidson's presser yesterday was when he was asked about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane's futures here with the Blackhawks. And again, Davidson didn't really provide any concrete answers, but he did say that whatever winds up happening in the future with those two, there aren't going to be any surprises. Which, based on the way that things ended for guys like Artemi Panarin, Adam Boquist, Corey Crawford, just to name a few, um, it seemed like they were all caught off guard and all surprised uh, when they got dealt by Stan Bowman. Davidson isn't going to have any of that with arguably the most important players in franchise history. He understands the respect that those two need to be shown in this entire process. And he said that whatever the decision may be, um, they're going to have their say and they're going to be able to share their opinions and have conversations about what they want to do, whether that be to stay in Chicago throughout this rebuild or uh, to go elsewhere once those contracts come up in the summer of 2023. Nothing is going to come as a surprise. And that's exactly how this matter should be handled with those two. Let them give their thoughts on what they want to do with their careers. You know, let them know how the organization views them going forward and what the maybe ideal situation would be. Um, and then, you know, kind of come to a decision altogether and do what's best for everyone involved. You know, I, I'm just glad to hear there's not going to be any backstabbing or anything of that sort going on. So, um, I thought it was definitely nice to hear Davidson say how open he wants to be with both Taves and Kane going forward, regardless of what the final decision comes to, uh, whenever they reach that point. All right. There are some final thoughts on. Kyle Davidson being introduced as the 10th general manager in franchise history yesterday. Coming up in just a moment, I am also going to get into a report that Marc-Andre Fleury is leaning towards staying in Chicago for the rest of the season.
Welcome back to Locked On Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three on the show today, I also had to talk for a couple of minutes about the report from Chris Johnson on insider trading yesterday that stated Blackhawks goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury could be leaning towards staying in Chicago for the remainder of the season. And of course, um, for the past couple of months now, I've talked many times about all the variables that go into trading Flurry before the trade deadline, which includes a 10-team no-trade clause, plus uh, what Flurry wants to do with his family, and also Flurry even being told by the Blackhawks organization that he would be allowed to have his say in the matter. Um, and I actually asked Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times uh, when I had him on the show last week, I asked him about kind of the chances that Fleury winds up getting dealt at the deadline. And one thing that Ben told me is that uh, that there really just aren't any ideal trade destinations for Fleury at this point. Edmonton and Washington were the two teams who he, who Ben thought would make the most sense for Fleury and who needs a goaltender the most right now. But Edmonton, obviously being up in Canada, no one really wants to be traded in a Canadian market right now. Uh, and for Washington, that was Fleury's longtime rival when he was a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there have been some concerns about Fleury's willingness to go to Washington, especially when they could be facing Pittsburgh in the playoffs as well. Um, there just really isn't a realistic spot that makes a whole lot of sense right now for Flower. But with that being said, if the Blackhawks uh, aren't able to trade him before the deadline, that would be a huge backbreaker for the organization because even though uh, it's always hard to gauge what a goalie could get in the trade market, undoubtedly, Flurry is the best chance for the Hawks at landing a first-round pick in this upcoming draft. And I know a lot of people out there are saying, oh, well, we got Flurry for free in the first place. Well, I get that, but the mindset around the team when they first acquired Flurry is a whole lot different uh, than what it is right now. The Blackhawks need a first round pick in this year's draft. And if they aren't going to be able to trade Flurry, it's kind of hard to imagine them receiving one for uh, another player on their roster at the moment that's not named Alex Dabrinkit. So if this report from Chris Johnston winds up being true, then man, oh man. This would be a crusher for the Blackhawks, even though Fleury's one of the most beloved teammates across the entire NHL and has been the MVP of this Blackhawks team this season. I don't even want to imagine how bad the Blackhawks would be uh, without Marc-Andre Fleury. But even knowing all of that, um, it still would be an enormous backbreaker for the rebuilding process. Um, We need a first-round pick, even if, um, like, even. If it winds up being one of the later picks, you know, with the thin prospect pool that the Blackhawks have built up the last few seasons, they would take that. They need that, to be honest. Um, man, that that would just be a, a that would be a low blow, to put it nicely. Um, and we have, you know, heard Flurry say to the media that he would like to play one more year after this one, but it's just hard to envision that coming in Chicago, right? Like, I just don't see 
with Davidson announcing that this team is back in a rebuild yesterday, I just don't see them giving a 38-year-old netminder another contract, especially when they have guys like uh, Kevin Lankin and Arvin Soderblom in the system right now needing to gain some more NHL experience. It just really wouldn't make sense to bring Flurry back. So as much as I love having him here in Chicago, um, I, I really do hope that this report from Chris Johnston does not wind up being true because the Blackhawks, they need that first round pick. I don't care what they'd have to do, take on Flurry's entire contract. They need that first round pick. They need to start building up this prospect pool um, because of, of how thin it, Stan Bowman uh, had that department in his time here. So we'll see what winds up happening, but um, I'm interested to hear if someone's going to ask Flurry about this in the next couple of days. Uh, based on the report from Chris Johnson saying that he could be leaning towards wanting to stay in Chicago. All right, folks, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, March 2nd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the fantasy expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708 653 0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.